Welcome to another episode of Darling So It Goes. I'm your host, Pascal, and I appreciate you being here with me week after week. It's so interesting watching the analytics of the podcast, which episodes really speak to people and which ones weren't a favorite. As always, I'm so happy to take listener requests for show topics. So if there's any spiritual, metaphysical, or just life ponderings you'd like a new perspective on, I'm happy to consider it. At the end of this episode, you're going to hear the best way to contact Darling So It Goes. And I wanted to take a moment here to thank each and every one of you who left a five-star rating on your listening platform. Each five-star rating helps more people find this podcast. Additionally, thank you to everyone who continues to share our page on social media and our posts with friends and family. Your support means absolutely the world. I apologize for being absent last Thursday evening. I've had so much forward momentum in the pursuit of my life coaching certification that I fell a little behind with everything else. It broke my heart to be away, but Thursday came and went in the blink of an eye. It was already gone. So I vowed to be uber prepared this week, as that is what all of you deserve. As always, only gratitude in my heart for being with me on this journey. Lots of super exciting updates coming in the very near future. So stay tuned. I'm really excited to share. Before we jump in to tonight's topic, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Welcome back. Tonight we're going to discuss the cycles of the moon what they look like, and how they affect us energetically. I want to remind you that tomorrow is the full moon, July 23rd, so this is all very timely. I'm excited about this episode because I've noticed for the last two years or so that there's more and more talk about how the moon affects our lives. I remember in school learning about the moon and its effects on the tides of the ocean, I recall hearing for the first time that humans are two-thirds water, so of course, it makes sense that we are also affected by the moon as well. According to USGS.gov, the human body is actually made up of 60% water, with the brain and heart composed of 73% water, the lungs about 83% water, the skin contains 64% water, The muscles in the kidneys are 79%, and surprisingly enough, the bones are even composed of 31% water. Who knew? These statistics definitely highlight how important it really is to stay hydrated. As a matter of fact, hit pause on this episode now and go get yourself a glass of water to sip on. I remember being in a local gift shop and seeing necklaces in the display that have moon cycles on the pendants. You could look up your birth date, your wedding anniversary, whatever date means something to you. When I looked up my birth month, day, and year in the coordinating book, it showed me that I was born under a waning gibbous moon. 
The book also gave a small description of the meaning of being born under that particular moon and how it affected me as a person. Here was part of my meaning. Birthdays falling on this moon characterize those who are very intuitive and, re and insightful, accompanied by a huge imagination. It was so novel, and honestly, I fell in love with it immediately. And much to my surprise, my best friend got me that necklace for my next birthday. You can imagine how excited I was for sure. It was such a meaningful gift, and I treasure it today. And by the way, it captures the sunlight during the day and glows in the dark just like the moon. It is wicked cool. So like I said, it's interesting how much the moon affects us and to start to notice the interest that seems to be ever growing over the moon. Before we move into the energetic effects of the moon's cycle, let's stop to describe the physical characteristics of each moon's phase. According to space.com, the following are the physical cycles of the moon. First, there's the new moon. The moon is between the earth and the sun, and the side of the moon facing toward us receives no direct sunlight. It is only lit by dim sunlight reflected from earth. Then comes the waxing crescent moon. As the moon moves around the earth, the side that we can see gradually becomes illuminated by direct sunlight. Then we have the first quarter moon. The moon is 90 degrees away from the sun in the sky and is half illuminated from our point of view. We call it first quarter because the moon has traveled about a quarter of the way around the earth since the new moon. After the first quarter moon comes the waxing gibbous moon. The area of illumination continues to increase more than half of the moon's face appears to be getting sunlight. Then we have the full moon. The moon is 180 degrees away from the sun and is as close as it can be to being fully illuminated by the sun from our perspective. The sun, earth, and the moon are aligned, but because the moon's orbit is not exactly in the same plane as earth's orbit around the sun, they rarely form a perfect line. When they do, we have a lunar eclipse as Earth's shadow crosses the moon's face. After the full moon comes the waning gibbous moon. More than half of the moon's face appears to be getting sunlight, but the amount is decreasing now. Then comes the last quarter moon. The moon has moved another quarter of the way around the Earth, to the third quarter position. The sun's light is now shining on the other half of the visible face of the moon. After the last quarter moon comes the waning crescent moon. This is when less than half of the moon's face appears to be getting sunlight and the amount is decreasing. Finally, the moon is back to its new moon starting position. Now the moon is between the earth and the sun. Usually the moon passes above or below the sun from our vantage point, but occasionally it passes in front of the sun and we get a solar eclipse. 
And now that we know the physical appearance and positioning of the moon, let's move into the moon's energetic effects on us as people. In a time when the country and the world are so divided, I love when the science of things, I love when the science of things intersects with belief systems so we can all be on the same page. In an article in Medical News Today, it points to a study published in Sleep Medicine in 2014. This study assessed the sleep quality of 319 participants during different moon phases. The study team conducted a posteriori analysis of data that they had collected some years prior as part of an experiment conducted conducted in laboratory conditions. A posteriori, Latin for from the latter, is a term from logic, which usually refers to reasoning that works backwards from an effect to its cause. This experiment involved 17 healthy volunteers ages 20 to 31 and 16 healthy volunteers ages 57 to 74. The volunteers agreed to sleep in windowless, dark rooms over a study period of three and a half days. During this time, the researchers measured changes in sleep structure, brain activity during sleep, as well as melatonin and cortisol levels. It found that during a full moon, participants had lower sleep efficiency. This means that they remained awake or in a state of light sleep for most of the time they spent in bed overnight. What does this mean to you and me? If you find that you have trouble sleeping sometimes, start a new page in your journal to keep track of when these sleepless nights are occurring. List the date, any room conditions or events from the current day, or any anxieties looking toward the next day, the weather, and which cycle the moon happens to be in on a particular night. Be a scientist, collect your own data, and see if you can solve the puzzle of your sleeplessness. Beyond sleeplessness, have you ever considered that your moods could be attributed to the cycles of the moon? Let's look at astrology and see how astrologists could shed some light on the subject. While some people don't believe in astrology at all, others might only think of astrology as the shapes the stars create in the night sky or their horoscope in their lo local newspaper, but it's actually so much more. I respect everyone's own personal belief system, but I do not believe that, say, Religion and astrology are two separate things. According to the Oxford Dictionary, astrology is the study of the movements and relative positions of celestial bodies interpreted as having an influence on human affairs and the natural world. There is nothing in that de definition that goes against anything in my religious beliefs or my spiritual beliefs. I think the world is too divisive as it is, as in, if you believe in this, then you cannot believe in that, 
or if you feel one way, you cannot possibly understand how someone could feel another way. Why not consider all points of belief and see if and where that information fits into your own belief system? I guess what I'm trying to say is that even if you practice one particular religion, be open-minded enough to listen to an explanation of others' beliefs. You might just be surprised how it fits into your everyday life and into your own religion. In an article on Bustle.com titled, Six Weird Ways the Moon Can Affect Your Mood, the moon is also an important player in astrology as it's considered the planet of emotions, moods, and memories. When the moon is full, it can bring all of our emotions to the surface and amplify them, whereas new moons are more calm and reflective periods. Human beings have a deep and ancient connection to the moon, so think of it like changing tides, intuitive energy healer and behavioral health coach Kristen Rice of Raw and Ritual tells Bustle, don't blame the mood for all your feels. Thank it for bringing everything up to the surface, as it's only when our feelings rise up that they can move out of us. So... From a life coach position, I know that instead of blaming, acknowledging and really leaning into the feelings that come up can help you create forward momentum in your life. You can use that forward momentum as a springboard to reach and achieve goals in your own life. So with the full moon coming tomorrow, maybe journal any big feelings that you might have coming up today and for the next two days and use those big feelings as things you can work on to give you forward momentum in your life. Again, going back to your journal, as issues show up in your life seemingly out of nowhere, reflect on the moon just like I said to do tonight and for the next two nights. Where is the moon in relation to its current cycle? What type of moon is present in the sky? And what what attributes go along with that current phase? You might not notice a pattern immediately, but you will. Again, be a scientist. Commit to trying and stick with it for a few months. See how you can leverage the power you discover in the moon cycles to proactively change your life. The moon does not discriminate discriminate when it comes to sharing its power. Use the power of the moon to re-energize your crystals. Before every full moon, cleanse your crystals of any energy they've picked up throughout the month, depending on what crystals you work with and your chosen type of cleansing. My favorite way to cleanse my crystals is by clearing them with the smoke of burning sage incense. It can be quite time-consuming if you use a lot of crystals. My process is to walk around my house with a tray, collecting all the crystals and bringing them to my kitchen. I also have to remember to check under my pillow, in my car, and in my pocketbook as well. Once I've gathered them, I light sage incense sticks and run each crystal through the smoke 
turning it every which way until I intuitively feel like it's been cleared. I then set it aside and move to the next crystal. Once all of this is complete, I gather them all up and take them outside to spend the night camping out under the light of the moon. And by camping out, I mean that I leave my crystals outside to camp out. I don't camp outside with my crystals. <laughs> Once the crystals have absorbed the moon's energy, I bring them back inside the following morning and they're ready to work hard for me once again. If you get too busy and forget to put your crystals out, don't despair. You have another night of full moon energy to use to your advantage. If it's going to be raining on those two nights, I like to put my already cleansed crystals in my window to absorb as much moonlight as they can. It's not exactly the same as placing them outside, but it's certainly better than nothing. My bedroom window actually has full moonlight for much of the night, so that's my go-to place if I can't leave them outside for any reason. Setting intentions can be much more pow powerful if you use the moon to guide you as well. The new moon is the perfect time to set an intention as the energy of the moon continues to build throughout its cycle until it reaches full, the full moon phase. If you're looking to let go of things that no longer serve you, the waning moon after the full moon is the perfect time. If something is really bothering me and I'm having trouble letting go, I like to use the help of the waning moon. This waning moon phase is the perfect time to write down anything you wish to release on a piece of paper, place it in your fireplace, your fire pit, or even a fireproof container like a glass jar. Then I like to light that sucker on fire. As the paper and whatever energy you're releasing burns, I like to say a little prayer or a mantra. I like to say something like, I release this energy to be recycled into the universe to become clean, cleared, and used only for the universe's highest and best purposes. You can say whatever resonates with your own soul and your own beliefs, and you should probably, you're welcome to use what I say, but you should probably write one for yourself just because if it's coming from your own heart or your own soul, it's definitely going to be more powerful for you. And as with most things in life, the words don't matter nearly as much as the energy behind them. And in the spirit of good intention, I'd like to share with you a card that I drew for your week ahead. You nourish your newborn idea by believing in it and by following the step-by-step -step guidance that God and the angels give to you through your feelings, dreams, and visions. So, first of all, we were just talking about, you know, the universe and using the power of the moon, which I'd like to point out is part of our universe to manifest and to let go of. And, you know, for me, 
you know, because I've said it many times, for me, I believe in God. I call the universe the universe, but I also call God the universe. And so for me, if I say I release things into the universe, that's me giving it to God and saying, recycle this energy, for example, and use it for only your highest and best purposes. And that's exactly what this card is talking about, is having an idea and using the universe, using God, using the angels, using everything that falls under the umbrella of the universe to create that manifestation, to let go of what needs to be let go of. So, you know, like I talked about a little earlier, I don't believe that you can only believe in one thing. So I've told you before that I was raised Catholic and I still consider myself Catholic, but I also believe in the energetic healing power of crystals. I don't think it's woo-woo. I think that the energy of each crystal comes from the earth that was created by the universe. And so I have no problem saying, you know, I need some positive energy to come to me and I can say my prayers, but I can also carry around a pink crystal or a clear quartz crystal or, you know, whatever I'm feeling like I need for that day. I, I feel like that's like saying a prayer. So I'm good with that. I like using oracle cards because I feel like oracle cards are also messages from the universe. Just a tool, a way to receive a message, a way to let the universe communicate directly with me through these cards. It's just like using the telephone, for example. It's just another form of communication. And so in that same vein, I have no problem with astrology because astrology studies everything in the universe and how it affects us as people. Before I share, I want to tell you that when I got my card deck out and shuffled it, two cards kind of fell out into the floor and just as I was starting to shuffle and I thought to myself, well, I don't think that really counts as them jumping out because I was really just starting to shuffle. So, um, one card was guardian angels, which I believe we had last week. And the second card that fell out was manifestation and so, you know, like I said, I was like, well, I really had just started shuffling, so I'm not going to use those. And I put them back in the deck and I shuffled for another minute or two until one card jumped out. And you guys, I'm not even making this up. The card that jumped out was manifestation, which was one of the two cards that jumped out initially 
that I put back in the deck and kept shuffling. So clearly manifestation was the card that needs to be read for the upcoming week. So listen carefully and see if you can apply any of the meaning from this card to your week ahead. So the card meaning for manifestation is you have manifested new opportunities and abundance. Know that you can experience these gifts right now. Your hoped for aspirations are on their way to you. They may arrive in a different fashion than you expected, but the rewards that you truly desire, such as feelings of peace, security, and happiness, are manifested exactly as you requested. Ask your angels to help you have faith in your ability to manifest. With this faith, you and God can do anything. This is the process by which all thoughts transform into tangible forms. First, they begin as an idea born of divine sources. Then the idea meets with a feeling. And if the feeling is loving and nurturing, the idea and the feeling create the embryo of the manifestation. So as always, I encourage you to look at different belief systems, be it religious, spiritual, um, sciences, whatever it is, look at something before you just dismiss it and try to think about it and try to think about it in the bigger picture that is this life and see where it might fit for you. And so in the spirit of good intention and acceptance, just remember no matter what the upcoming week has in store for you, try to stay wicked relaxed by saying, darling, so it goes and keep moving forward. And don't forget to go within. Good night. Thank you for enjoying Darling So It Goes. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving me a great review on your listening platform. Every five-star review lets more and more people find Darling So It Goes. If you have any questions, comments, or an idea for an episode, please feel free to email me at 222-DARLINGSOITGOES at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can follow Darling So It Goes on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with episode information and be the first to know about news and new projects. Please consider sharing these pages with your friends and family so they too can be in the know. Thanks again for listening.